Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. Amen. So um, I have learned that people will never cry out for what they have no idea that they need. You would never cry out for something that you don't even realize that you have a need for. And, and this is the other thing that I've, I've learned, that desperation opens the door, opens the door to revelation. See, sometimes you're not desperate enough, so you stop. See, and a lot of times when you're right at the precipice of, of your miracle is the time when we give up. And just like we stated earlier, you can't give up because at the moment the baby begins to crest. I never had a baby, so ladies, y'all going to have to help me out on this one. So I'm not trying to sit here. I know what it feels like because I don't. Praise the Lord. And so that's for women. It's not for men. Hallelujah. And a, and a man can never have a baby. I don't care how much they change the outside. They will never be able to have a baby. Come on, somebody. Amen. The DNA don't change. Amen. And so, so when the baby gets ready to crest, I think I heard my wife say that sometimes that might be the greatest level of the pain, right? And that's when you just want to, oh, God, you don't know what to do. You grabbing folks, you're slapping the doctor, and, 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 and all, this stuff, all these emotions are going on right now because all you want is for this baby to come out, and you're in pain, and you're like, if you don't get this thing out of me. See, when you're impregnated with the Holy Spirit, there is a level of pressure that comes when you're pregnant with something holy, when you're pregnant with something righteous, when you're pregnant with something bigger than you. Sometimes you get to a point where the head crests and you can't give up. That's when you push in. That's when you got to pray more. You got to worship more. You got to give more. You got to forgive more. Because that's the moment the enemy says, it's time for you to give up. And God says, don't give up now. Press in. And that's why, because when you're giving birth to something big, man, you're going to have a lot of pains. God says, I want you to build something. I want you to build something. And you're building this place for me. But you can only build according to my pattern. Just to take you through a little history, we know that uh, they came into Egypt, a, a family of 70. We, he, he, he prophesied something to Abraham. He said, I know a land. I got a rich land. It is a land filled with milk and honey. And he began to tell Abraham about it. So Abraham began to tell his son Isaac about it. And God began to speak to Isaac because the best thing that we can have ever than anything is a God said. What has God said to you? Because I got a God said, it doesn't matter what man is saying. I I continue to listen to what God is saying and man and the devil they can keep on talking but I always go back to what God has said Jesus did the same thing the devil tried to tempt him and he said it is written so in other words I will ignore what you're saying and I will acknowledge what God has already said and what you have to do is acknowledge what God said God said, I'm going to give you a land filled with milk and honey. And then that same prophetic word left Isaac and went into Jacob. He had to change his name to Israel, a prince who strives with God. And so he gave him the same prophecy. He said, I got a land for you. You're not going to stay here in Egypt. I got, a, I got something better. I hope you guys are listening to what I'm saying here. God is saying, I got something better. You don't have to stay here. You're a temporary right here. I got something better. I want to speak to you about another place. It's another place called there. And you're going there. You're not going to stay right here. And if we keep on going down the lineage, we know that came down to Joseph. And Joseph, was the, he was a dreamer. Somebody said dreamer. dreamer. 
Yeah, he had a dream, and you can't tell everybody your dreams. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Joseph told folks his dream, and, you know, sometimes you can sound braggadocious when you tell the dream to the wrong people. And you got to make sure you tell your dreams to the right folks, the people who are good for you. Sometimes when you tell your dreams to people, you might have some dream killers and some dream snatchers <laughs> in your life. And, and you'll know it, too, because the moment you begin to share your dream with them, uh, the first thing they're going to say, well, you can't do this. And why are you trying to do that? And you, you know, you did you really hear from the Lord? And uh, oh, you're going to get hurt if you do that. Uh, you did that last year and it didn't work. Praise the Lord. And see, so you're going to always have people to want to snatch a dream out of your heart. And so you got to get around some other dreamers, uh, some other people who believe in you, some other people who say, yeah, you're going to make it. Some other people that know how God blessed them. Some other people can lift you up from where they came from. Uh, some other people that say, I've been there and I know what you need. Let me give you what you need because I had somebody to help me too. We don't push people down. We build people up in the house of the Lord. We're supposed to lock arms with one another. We're supposed to supply what every joint needs in the house of the God of the Lord so that if I don't have it, I can get it up for Erica. If she don't have it, I can get it off of Max. If Max don't have it, I can get it off of Chastity. That's how the house of the Lord works. That when I need something, I can get it from somebody else in the church. So the prophecy came down through Joseph and Joseph said, listen, make me a promise. I know that there is a promise on this family that we're going to a good land. It's a land filled with milk and honey. He said, but guess what? Even if I die, I don't leave my bones over here in Egypt. Glory to God. And God had to raise up a man called Moses. Come on, somebody. And Moses got the same prophetic word. He said, there's a land out there that God says he wants to let us go so that we can go to this land. Notice they had to get to a place of desperation. 400 years of oppression, 400 years of, of tyrant, ty, 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 ty I mean, uh, tyrants just, just, just leading them and beating them and, and whooping them. You know, how are you going to make bricks without straw? So, so they had people out there doing stuff, you know, and just beating them. And when the man God said, that God said, said, let my people go. How many of you know a lot of times when you speak, thus said God, things get worse? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know the Lord said this, but my car just broke down. I know the Lord said this, but why is my house tripping? I know the Lord said this, but all my friends ain't answering the phone right now. What's going on? I was just talking to them yesterday, and I was telling them what the Lord was saying. I don't know why they don't want to take my phone call right now. I know, I know the Lord said this. Why, 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 why is everybody tripping right now? Why is when I read the word, the word just not, it's just not, it's not doing anything for me? I pray, and I don't feel anything. And See, we're in this place that, that Thornton was talking about. See, they had to get to a place of desperation 400 years to make you desperate. Oh, yeah. Amen. 400 years. So Moses said, let my people go so that we can go and worship our God. See, I got to take you through this because you got to understand that God did bring them out. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, somebody. He, he brought them out from their place of depression. God brought them out with a high hand and an outstretched arm, and he split the Red Sea so they can walk on dry ground. He gave them water from rocks. Come on, somebody. He gave them resources from unlikely places. See, I came to tell somebody in here right now that God can give you resources from unlikely places. He can give you resources from people you don't even know yet. You can deal with people that you would just connect with and say, I got something for you. I just want to be a blessing. 
blessing. I don't need anything, but I just want to write the check. Come on, somebody. It's all about relationship. Don't worry about the color of the skin or what language that they speak. That might be the one person that's trying to help you in your ministry. So we can't go in with our own biases. And we got to get this racial stuff out of our minds because people can be white. They can be black. They can be Hispanic. That might be the one person that can write the check. He said, I'll bring you out with a high hand. He gave them resources from rocks. He cooled them with a cloud by day. He warmed them with a fire by night. He, he took the poison waters of Barak and he made them sweet. He fed them manna from heaven. He gave them clothes that never got old, shoes that never wore out. Come on, come on, ladies. Come on now. Shoes, shoes that never wear out. No. No, yeah, yeah, I want that. I want that blessing. Lord, let that blessing fall on this church. For every woman in this house, let them buy one pair of shoes. And they wear that one pair of shoes for 30 years. The heel won't break. It won't discolorate. It's just, it just going to be nice. One pair of shoes in the closet. That's the. There's going to be some people leave this church now. <laughs> They're going to be saying the devil is a liar. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Come on, man. That's, that's some kind of good anointing when your clothes don't wear out. Your shoes don't, don't wear out. Come on, man. You know what this speaks of? This speaks of the provision of God. In other words, I hear God saying, I got your back. Amen. Amen. So he's trying to take him somewhere. He said, not only am I going to take you, I'm going to keep you. Come on, somebody. So he also gave them 613 laws. Or he also gave them ordinances and covenants, and he set up the Levitical priesthood. God supernaturally called them, fed them, clothed them, cooled them, warmed them, and delivered them. And now they were in a place where God is saying, now I need you to set up something for me. I have given all of this stuff to you. I have protected you. I have kept you. I delivered you. Now I need something for me. But you can't build like you want to. You can only build according to my pattern. Are you here with me this morning? God says, no, I got a pattern. I got a pattern. And they needed to build him a place of worship. In the Hebrew, it was called the Ohel Moed, uh, the tent of meetings. It was a place where they were supposed to meet. Because when you look at the setup, and I preached this before. I don't have time to get into today. But when you look up and look at the setup of the tabernacle, it always, it always takes us back to Christ. Because the tent of meeting was always a setup to teach us how to enter into the holy of holies. And you got to go through the door. It was one door. It was a, it was a seven and a half foot linen uh, 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 barrier around the tent of meeting. Seven is linen because you got to be pure before you can go into the holy place. Amen, somebody. And so, but there was one door and Jesus says, I am the door, you know, but he's not only the door, but he's also the shepherd. So he's the door and the shepherd. Right. And so so he says, I am the door. So there was one door, one entry point to go into outer court. Right. I don't have time. I'm sorry. I wish I had time to talk to you about the tabernacle. But this was a representation of Jesus Christ. It was what's to come. And a lot of times when you stuck on what you're doing, you can't see where God is trying to take you. Because, see, you can get so used to doing your ritualistic stuff in the church. You don't even see what God is trying to do next. Okay, all right. 
Okay, okay. Y'all, you get you getting this? Somebody said they listening. Praise the Lord. See, Moses could not build according to what he wanted. He could only build according to the blueprint given him by the God of heaven. And so listen, God has a blueprint, guys. You you just you can't build any building or a house without a blueprint. You got to have a way to build a thing, right? You guys uh, re renovate houses. You got to have a blueprint. You can't just sit there and go, uh, okay, I think maybe we'll put a wall over there and um, maybe I'll put a little cement over here and, you know, I want my bedroom over there. And, and then there's no plan. There's no blueprint to build from. God gives the blueprint for us to build. You can't build how you want. That's why the Bible is clear. Take heed how you build. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. I hope you're getting a little something out of this right now. Matthew chapter 16. It's already been a long morning, so I apologize for that. But if you just give me a little bit more liberty, and I'll preach a little bit more of this. Amen? Matthew chapter 16. If you need a Bible, please raise your hands. You've got to have a Bible in this church because it, it is too important. See, 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 this is a classroom. And see, just like any, any student will tell you that when you go into a classroom, that, that, that there's something that you need to have. You need to have a syllabus, yes. and you need to have some books. And so sometimes you need to have some writing material, but now you don't because you got iPads, right? So you can take all your notes there, right? So, so here's, gonna, here's something. Something's going to happen. You already know before the end of the semester is something going to happen. That, that teacher is going to tell you, listen, I got a syllabus. You know what we're going to go over, but I'll, you also have a book because you're going to have a test. The test is not going to be outside of the book. So in other words, you got to study the book. Yes. It's not like you don't know that a test is coming. That's right. Saints of God, I'm trying to tell you right now. It's not like you don't know that the test is coming. God already gave you a book, and it's an open book test. Yes. Yes. Somebody said the test is coming. Yeah, the test is coming. The test is coming. But God gave you the book. If you study the book and you read his syllabus, his love letters to you, you'll be able to pass the test. Oh, Lord, come on, somebody. All right, I got about 10 people in there with me right now. All right, all right, we're going to keep on going with this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 says this. When Jesus came into the region of, of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So this is a very important question, saints of God. It's a real important question for us today. Who do men say I am? Am. Who do people that you are around, who do they say Jesus is? Is he that white man's God? Or who, who is Jesus? Do you hear things? Oh, yeah, I saw him in the Koran. There's a couple of things that he said about Jesus in the Koran. There is actually two things that he said about him, that he is a healer and he is a prophet. There's nothing in the Koran that says that Muhammad was a healer. So then that, that leads me to believe that no matter where you put Jesus, you still have to tell the truth. My God, my God, my God. He's a healer, and he's a healer in the Koran. Because Jesus is a healer no matter where you put his name. Why? Because God has given him a name that's above. <laughs> no matter where you put that, you put that name on it, man. It doesn't matter where you put the name. That name has power. That's why they don't want you to say the name in corporate America. Don't, don't say Jesus. You can say Buddha. You can say Siddhartha Katama. You can say, you can say, you can say all these other names. Tanya Moon, you can say all these other names, but please, could you not, um, would you not use the name of Jesus, please? Um, you know, I, I told you guys before one time uh, I was in corporate America. They wanted me to pray. We was in a, in a, <laughs> was in a setting, and um, 
They wanted me to pray over the food. And uh, first thing I would say is, are you sure? <laughs> right? Just a little disclaimer. You know, are you sure? Yes, yes, John. I know that, that um, you, you are a religious man. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Bless their little hearts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm a religious man. Okay. All right. Praise. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. So I, I did the prayer. And uh, of course, at the end, you know, and I said, in Jesus name, amen. You know, so so everything was good. Everything was good. Then then I had I had this person pull me to the side. And uh, uh, he said, he said, John, um, listen, uh, when you when you said that prayer, you know, it, it, it could have been offensive to people, you know, because you, you said you said that name. And da, da, da. and I said, really? I said, you know, it's interesting, but I don't apologize for saying the name of Jesus. I said, what you may not understand is what Jesus has done in my life. And I really don't care if somebody got offended at the name of Jesus. So next time, what I would suggest is you leave me alone. Because, see, I can pray and bless my own food. I can consecrate my food. And some of that food need to be consecrated. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all know, know what I'm saying? Y'all, you know, they have these potlucks. And you look in the pot, and you lucky that you might live. I don't know, man, y'all better be careful with those potlucks. I don't eat everybody's cooking, man. I just don't do it. I, I, I'm dysfunctional like that. I just don't do it. I, I just, you know, especially if I find out you got some, you know, some animals and certain animals. But uh, uh, let's move on. I kind of got out of the spirit for a second. <laughs> y'all rain y'all back in. So they said, that who, who do they say that? Who do they say I am? Notice, notice he, he, he asked him a direct question of, what are you hearing in the community? Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you hearing me, saints? Yeah. Now, now, Jesus is a master teacher. He's an instructor. He knows how to get you where you are. Amen. So then it began to turn a little bit. You seeing this with me? So they said, some say John the Baptist, which is probably one of the dumbest things they ever could have said, because John the Baptist is the one who baptized him. So how could he be John the Baptist and baptize himself? Yeah, that's interesting. Some say Elijah, he was dead. And others, Jeremiah, dead. And other of the prophets. And he said, now here, here, here is the transition. But who do you say that I am? Are you seeing this with me here? So in other words, notice, Jesus didn't ask what he did. He never asked, what do people say that I've done? He asked them, who do they say I am? I am. Because it's important that you know who he is. So in other words, saints of God, he's asking us today, who is Jesus to you? Is that Jesus that, you know, I just go to church, kind of Jesus, or I read my Bible sometime? When I'm going through something, kind of Jesus. Or when I, when I know that somebody called me, girl, I need a prayer. And they, you turn them, you open up the Bible, you do your, <laughs> you do that little drop. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? You do that little drop and you say, this must be the Lord. <laughs> that kind of Jesus. See, because, see, I can tell you the kind of Jesus that I'm talking about because I shared it with you before. See, when, when I was diagnosed with cancer, that's one of the things that you can get that, man, it rocks your world. Yeah. 
things stop, man. It's like, did he really say that? Did he, did he say cold sore or cancer, right? You're trying to figure out, am I really living right now? Is this really true? You know, and then, and then you get all of these emotions. Listen, saints of God, I'm talking to you because I was pastoring at the time. So I'm going to be very transparent and open with you. When that happened, man, I was like, hold on, God. What's going on here? Why, why is this happening to me at this moment in my life? And, and we're trying to figure these things out. We, and the doctors are telling you one thing, but let me tell you one thing, saints of God. You better know you are in control of your body. You have to take control. You can't just let these doctors tell you stuff and you don't do your own research. These doctors are about money. They are all about money. Let's get this next surgery in there so I can continue to pad my pockets. It might even be something that you don't need. So do your research. I don't care what you've been diagnosed with. You need to do your own research. You need to learn what's going on. Why do you have it? What is it? How bad is it? And what are your options? And then you take that before. you got to do your due diligence. Don't be sitting there talking about, Lord, drop it in my spirit. No, you better do some homework. Then he can drop something in your spirit. Then he can give you confirmation. Because when Elaine found the place that I needed to go, which was not in Charlotte, we called my daddy, who's, who's not alive now, her pops. He confirmed it. And then out of the blue, my mama, y'all know Missionary Lofton. And y'all need to pray for my mama. She failed the other day. I got to tell y'all about that. We talked to her yesterday. But she'll be here in September, so you'll be able to meet her. You know, she'll preach on you. Yeah, she'll preach on you. And so we called my mama. My mama, she was, what, 81 at the time? No, 79. And so my mama, 79, she gets on the computer. A computer, like she calls it. So she gets on there. Y'all stop. That's what, what she called it. So, and, and we give her the name. Didn't we, baby? We give her the name. Blue, I mean, I just wept. Give, give her the name of this place. And she said, baby, what's the name of the place again? And we gave her the name. She said, oh, Lord, that's what I see right now on the computer. Wow. She had looked it up. Same place. How many of y'all know God will talk to you when you're in the right place? Yeah. Hey, Amen. Yeah. But we had to do our due diligence first. And so God showed us where we needed to go. That's where I went. Uh, did, did what I had to do. I did my due diligence. And that's, I also prayed. I had the church praying. Let me tell you something, no matter how, how bad I had to get radiation, I had to get radiation five days a week in Atlanta, and I drove to this place. Y'all know this. I drove back to this church, and I preached every Sunday morning. I don't care how tired I was. I don't care what I was going through because I wanted the saints of God to see this is how you go through. See, the devil can take his best shot, but I'm going to press through. Come on, somebody. Every Sunday for seven weeks, I was here preaching. And then I would get back on the road every Monday morning to go back to Atlanta. Let me tell you something, saints of God. You can't let the devil see you sweat. Yep. See, you, the, yeah, hey, listen, he might attack your body, but you ain't dead yet. Yes. You ain't dead yet. If there's life, there's hope. Yes. Come on, somebody. And Jesus said, I am coming to give you life and that you have it more abundantly. Because, see, I'll tell you what. I had gotten to a point where I wanted to give up. I'm going to tell you that right now. I wanted to quit. She'll tell you. You know why I wanted to quit? Because it was at the moment when I needed the church most when we had people leave the church. Church folk. Now, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you out of my heart. 
that hurt. People that we've been praying for, people we get up in the middle of the night for, taking phone calls for, and then when I needed somebody most, they bail on you. But let me tell you what God did for me, saints of God. It was the best time of my life because he delivered me from people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, he delivered me. Now, hey, you can do what you want. I don't, don't bother me anymore. You go, hey, what, you're not my people. Boy, that just released me right there. When you're not my people, you can do whatever you want to do. I'm just a gift given. God gave the gift. And so when you leave me, you leave him. Amen. Especially when there's nothing wrong. I ain't taking money from the church. I'm in love with my wife. I don't need nobody else's wife. I'm in, but y'all going to have to have some come up with for this right here. You hear what I'm saying? There's nothing that any woman can give me that I'm not already getting at home. And then some. Amen. Anyway, I know you don't have too many preachers preaching on that, but I want my wife right here sitting right here in front of the congregation because of the grace that's on her life. It allows me to preach what I need to preach. That's why you need to understand you got to have a local church of a man of God who has some character and some integrity. I know what it takes to have a good marriage. We're not faking and fronting in front of you. I don't have the front on social media. We know what we got at home. Don't we, baby? Shoot. Shoot. Glory to God. Amen. I'm telling you. Oh, my bad. All right, I'm coming back. Whew, that make me sweat. Hallelujah. And so, so, so listen, but listen, this is, this is what God does, saints of God. He gives us a pattern. So he, he, I, he trains me. He, oh, my God, saints. Listen, I'm, I'm off course for a second, but I'm going to come back about Jesus and who he is. But God trains us as a husband. He shows us, man, because I'm vulnerable to Jesus. Because I'm in love with him. I know what it feels like to be vulnerable to somebody bigger than me. I know what it feels like that somebody has authority over me. Therefore, I can't do what I want to do when I want to do it. It's it's an authority that's above. Come on, somebody. You hear me here. So therefore, he teaches me what true love is so I know how to love her. See, we got too many of these rascals, these drunk jokers on the corner talking about what the Bible says, and they don't know what the Bible says. It talks about where the woman, young woman got to be submitted to me, but they forget the part about you being submitted to Christ. If if the pattern, come on, somebody, if the pattern is out of order, it's not God. No, no, that's why sisters, where the sisters at? Where Where the single sisters at? You better have your man of God. I'm not talking about somebody to go to church. Because they can fake in front of you. They posing anyway. They ain't really saved. No, I'm talking about somebody that's, I'm talking about somebody filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody that sometimes you call them on the phone, they just start breaking out in tongues on your behind. And they start telling you what God is saying. They're not saying God told me you're going to be my wife. They're saying what God is saying about the church. And then you're trying to live out a fake prophecy from this brother. You better make sure you're hearing from the Lord about relationships. You better ask some questions. You need to go down that medical history. You got some crazy people in your family. You, you, you got some people in your family. You got any schizophrenia in your family? See, see how y'all looking at me right now? And then you get with that joker, and that joker got five or six different. 
And then here you come in the church, Pastor. <laughs> I don't know who it is. <laughs> I don't know who's in my house. He said his name was Ned, but he came out, he woke up. He said his name was Sarah. You better go down the line on that brother asking, do you have a job? You got some benefits? Do you have a car? Is this your mama car? Uh, see, see, see how y'all get quiet on me now. I don't care. I'm going to keep on preaching. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Telling that lie. Time I, I'm just taking care of my mama right now. Who's on the mortgage? <laughs> All right, see. I just got too real. Now, I'm going to get on back to the word. Y'all don't want that real stuff? All right, I'm going to stay on out there then. Here you go. See, you done messed up. See? See? <laughs> See? If you go back to the book of, of Genesis, that brother had a job already. God told him, you're going to work, brother. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna till this garden. You're going to have it straight. You're going to make sure there are no weeds in here. You're going to cultivate it. Why? Because if you can't bring somebody else in and you got weeds, He had a job, but he also had a place to stay. God said, all of this is yours. But you know the best part? He had a relationship with God. If they don't have those three working, you bounce. Uh, See? All right. Okay. Uh, You you ready, sis? Come on. Come on. We're going to tighten that brother up. Bring him on up in here. Because all these brothers, these fine brothers up in here that know the Lord, we're going to interview that joker. Because he can't, he can lie to a lot of folks. Because I'm, I'm from the ghetto, I'm from the streets. You can't, you, you can get away a little bit, but I'll look right through your little phoniness. Why? Because I was the best faker it was out there. So fake people know fake people, amen. <laughs> That's why I had to be a new creature in Christ. All right, y'all leave me alone. Let's get back to the work. So who do you say Jesus is in your life? You see how the Holy Ghost will take you right on back, praise the Lord. Somebody must have needed that. <laughs> Lord, I hope somebody needed it. Oh, you need it, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> but who do you say Jesus is? Because, see, we know he's the beginning of the creation of God. He's the head of the body of the church. He's the captain of our salvation, bringing many sons, sons to glory. He's the beginning. He's the first and the last. He is Alpha and Omega. He's the Prince of Life. He's the author of eternal salvation. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the Rose of Sharon. He's the Lily of the Valley. He's the Good Shepherd. He's the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. That's who Jesus is. See, that's the kind of stuff you have to spat out when people say, who is Jesus? Well, you got a minute? That's who he is to me. Come on, somebody. And so let me keep on reading this word. And then he goes on to say, he says, Simon Peter finally gets one right. All right, give me 10 minutes and I'm done. Simon Peter finally gets one right. And uh, Simon answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. This is cited, Jesus. Jesus answered and said, whoa, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Bar is son of Jonah. The, The word for Jonah is dove. Son of the dove, so he was in the spirit. The, the reason I know he was in the spirit, because of what Jesus said next. For flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my father. And the father can only reveal things in the spirit, because he's a spirit being. Hello, somebody. 
and says the son of the dove, when you're in the spirit, you can hear in the spirit. And the father speaks in the spirit. So you got to get in the spirit to hear father speak. He said flesh and blood, man. Man did not reveal this to him. But his father in heaven, revelation, revelation, revelation is, is key here, saints of God. He said, man didn't reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. The word is Petros, Petros, P-E-T-R-O-S, Petros, Petros. And you are Peter. And on this rock, Petra, P-E-T-R-A, it's two different words. Now, if you go to the Catholic people, Catholic folks said that the church is built on Peter. And they have that sensationalism, right, when they, they can trace their, their roots all the way back to Peter. I don't have to have Peter. I can trace my roots back to Christ. Amen, Amen. Amen somebody. And so they think that the church is built on Peter. But, but Peter, in this particular translation, is small stone. And he said, and upon this rock, what rock? The rock of the revelation that Father can reveal something to you that man did not. That's the revelation. And upon this rock, Petra, which is a large stone. I'll, okay, are you, okay, can I do a little? Y'all want to do a Wednesday night real quick? All right, y'all know how I do on Wednesday night. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. All right, I'm out of preaching. Let's get back into studying. 1 Corinthians 10. Let's open this Bible. See, we got to know what's in the word of God. He said, upon this rock. Somebody say this rock. He said, upon this rock, I'm going to go ahead and start reading while you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. says, moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. We just talked about that. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For that drink of that spiritual rock, you see that word rock, Petra, Petra, that followed them and that rock was who? So on this rock is the rock of the revelation that Christ is the Son of God. Then you go back over there to Matthew chapter 16, and he says, and on this rock I will build. I will build my church on the rock of revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. Man cannot build like you want to. You have to build according to the pattern. And Jesus said, I am the one that's going to build, and I'm going to build upon the rock of revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, are you seeing this with me here? Yes. Uh, are you sure? Yes. And then he says, the, when Jesus builds it, because man can erect something, but it don't necessarily mean that it's God. Yes. It can look pretty. It can have stained glass windows. And you can sing worship songs, but Jesus may not be in the house. If you go to Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus was on the outside of the church knocking, trying to get in, but they were having church service. Yeah. How in the world are you having church service? Jesus on the outside. You don't even know Jesus is not in the house. Somebody said formalism. You're just going through the religious religious calisthenics. That's all you're doing. Jesus is not in the house. You don't feel him. He's not palpable. You don't know his presence. Man, Okay. Tell you, Jesus is bringing this stuff down, saints of God. He's bringing it down. He's bringing it down. He said, and my church, he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then he says, I will give you, not that he gave you. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And he was not talking about binding and loosing demons right here. I don't know how in the world to get this twisted. You got to keep the text in context. He's talking about leadership. He's talking about the rock of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we, sometimes I believe in the church, we have needless casualties of war. We have people getting shot 
by mistake because they're using something they shouldn't be using and they're using it out of the wrong context. Amen, somebody. And you're trying to take some kind of authority that you really don't have. Stop trying to rebuke principalities and powers if you can't even fast. You're setting yourself up to get ate up, I'm telling you. See, see the demons over in the book of Acts, they said, yeah, Jesus I know. And Paul I know. <laughs> Who the H-E-L-L are you? Why? Because they were trying to do something in name only. They didn't know Jesus. He said, we are Jew, you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. They didn't know Jesus. They just knew the name. See, you're going to have to know him intimately, saints of God. You just can't come to church or read your Bible. You just can't speak in tongues a little couple of times a week and then think you somehow got some kind of grand authority. See, we've been married going on 25 years. When we first got married, man, I'm telling you, we had to get to know each other. We were bumping heads. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Man, we're just different things, just ain't working, stuff not clicking. Why? Because you're bringing two households together. Right? I do stuff differently. She does, she does stuff differently. Amen. But then we learn how to work together. Amen? And see, so you see us now, and we got it all good. And I know we got it good right now because we don't have a good marriage. We got a great marriage. But we decided to make it great. Your marriage is not going to be great just because you say it. You're going to have to work. And you're going to have to work hard. And you're going to have to work hard every day. Amen. See, see, what you don't see are the seven years of hell we went through. That's the part you don't see. What, what you don't realize is we got a marriage made in heaven going through hell. Yes, that should be our book. Yeah. And so, and so because we know how to go through stuff together, we're tighter now. Right? Because that, those are times when we'll break up a marriage. Finances, health, all kinds of stuff like that. Married or bed all jacked up. Come on. That, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, that'll mess up a marriage. But if God can take us through something like that, don't you know we can make it anywhere? Amen. Amen. And so, so, so listen, don't, don't, be a needless, don't be a needless casualty of war. Understand what your true authority is. He's given you some, some, a metron. He's given you a measure. You have a measure, saints of God. Don't try to outmeasure out yourself. Make sure you know where you are, the authority that you have. Take authority where you are. Don't try to step out there and do something that you heard somebody else doing. Amen. Am I helping somebody out here? I'm trying to help you, man. I don't want you to be a needless casualty of war. And so he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. He talked about these keys, right? The keys gave the leaders the ability to make decisions in the church, and God was, was, was only obligated to bind what was already bound in heaven. He ain't going to do no binding just because you say it. And how many times did you hear Jesus talking about I bind the devil? Never. Ain't nowhere in the Bible talking about I bind devils. Nowhere. So why are we going around? I bind you devil. Don't be binding devils in my house. But I did hear him say, woman, you are loosed. Now, I don't want to get into all this theological stuff that people get into, but all I know is if Jesus didn't do it, this brother right here is not going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to take authority where God has given me authority, and guess what? I don't have to bind devils when my house is clean. And see, I'm not talking about where you live. I'm talking about this house. Amen. See, if you got this house holy and righteous and clean, you don't have to worry about it. devil can't come in there. 
right? But, but when you start going back to the same old places, people talking the same way you used to talk, then that's the entry point of the devil coming right on back in. Now, you won't be possessed by the devil if you're a Christian, but you can be oppressed by the devil. He can't come in and take the place of the Holy Ghost. But he can't oppress you till the Holy Ghost goes back dormant again. You don't hear his voice with clarity anymore. You don't speak in tongues anymore. You, you, am I talking to the right folks up in here? Don't you know that happens to everybody if you, if you shrink back? I don't care how long you've been preaching. I don't care what kind of, you can have five titles. The devil's still coming at you. Yeah, right. Amen. Amen. Right? And so, so we got to understand, saints of God, that we can only build according to how God wants us to build. I'm already over my time. All right, sister, two minutes. Praise the Lord. I'll take two minutes and raise you five. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> amen. Okay, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, and that's it. We'll stop right there, saints. Thank you so much for your patience. I have so much more I want to share with you. Come on Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights, we've been talking about getting delivered from shame because our nets are broke. And today was a representation of where we're going. Uh, those who come on Wednesday nights, they understand what mending the nets mean. Uh, because that's been a, uh, a notorious problem in the church because we can't win the harvest because our nets are broke. And, and the reason the nets are broke because we've got broken people in the house of God. And see, and we can't, we can't even, we can't, we're not even ready for broken people because you, you haven't dealt with your brokenness yet. See, and, and one of the biggest, the biggest levels of it, and, and Christopher Patrick Johnson talked about it, is that shame that we have to deal with. And as I begin to study that more and begin to, and as I talked with him this week, and, and we, we, was, we was talking about that, and I see that because one of the biggest deliverances I've ever gotten in my life is to be delivered from shame. So I understand what that's like. I understand how to be oppressed by shame, right? And that's one thing. Shame, shame will make you get attached to fear. Because they never come like one. It's always two of them working together. So shame will keep you in fear. And if you don't watch it, fear will attach to pride. Amen, somebody. Is this making sense at all? Right? So listen, guys, I'm not, I'm not preaching at you at all. I, I mean, I'm, I'm in this, this fight with you. Right? And because I've, I've experienced his deliverance, I, I didn't go to no deliverance conference either. Let me, let me, just, let me just square something here. Because we got too many folks running here and there for these different conferences, and, and it's not ordained for you to be there. You don't need everybody laying hands on you, saints. You do not need everybody laying hands on you. You don't know what those hands mean. Right? I, you, even for those of you that are partners of this ministry, you know I just don't lay hands. I lay hands when I feel like God has released me to do so. I just don't come in here and lay my hands. First of all, I don't know what's in you. So I'm not trying to hype myself up. I, I know what I'm trying to do to keep my life pure. Amen. Right? And it's a fight every day. I work in corporate America. Trust me when I say it's a fight. Every day. Right? And so what I'm saying is sometimes, saints of God, you need to just step back and fast and pray and get into your Bible. Amen? And say, God, you know what? I ain't going to eat until I get my answer. See, that kind, of, that kind of talk right there. You see that kind of talk? Lord, I'm going to push these pork chops back. 
see? You see that, Randy? You see what happened when I said push that food back? Because that's the one thing. We like, we like to eat. You know, eating is what got us in trouble in the first place. <laughs> I know. I, I slipped that one in there. My bad. My bad. <laughs> first Corinthians. Okay. Y'all have been so patient. Thank you. First Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, when, when you get there, say, I have it. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, verse 2, I think is what I'm going to read. No, 2.10, my bad. Y'all need to be in the Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Spirit should tell you that it's 2.10. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse Y'all need to be praying more. <laughs> okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, but God has revealed. Remember, remember back in Matthew chapter 16, said, said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. See, God has revealed. Reveal what? To, re to know what was revealed, you got to drop up, the, you got to go up to verse 7 when it says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God. So what's being revealed is the hidden wisdom of God, and, but through what? His spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So in other words, saints of God, what God has to confer to us is going to be spiritually revealed to us. Spiritually revealed to us. Now, now, let me say this and I'm done. Sometimes you might be talking to a person that is unregenerate, a person that's not saved, right? And you, you are trying to give them spiritual things. And you get frustrated because they're not getting it. But what you don't know or what you may not realize is they can't get it. Because the natural man can't receive the things of the nor can he know them because they must be. If he don't have the spirit alive in him, then he can't, he can't see the deep things. See, this is why Paul straightens it out. He said, listen, one plants, another one waters, but God brings the increase. See, sometimes we might spend too much time trying to get people saved when all we should be doing is planting. Right? Or, or, or watering. And you just got to trust that God has the rest. Amen. And so, so with your family members or people, and you're just trying to give them spiritual things, and you know they're not saved, then, then, then you get frustrated. Stop getting frustrated. They, can't, they don't even understand what you mean. They can't because the spirit, of, the spirit in him can't receive it. Amen. Right? Because if they're not saved, there's only one spirit in them, and that's not holy. Nope. Are, are you seeing this with me here, saints? Now, I'm not saying not, not to be friendly or anything like that, and, and not to evangelize. I'm saying that you should evangelize. You should be doing these things, but you also need to know what you're doing, right. right? Don't get frustrated because people don't want to get saved. That's, we don't get frustrated because of that. And don't get into these vain conversations with people. People always want to get into debates with me. As soon as they find out I'm a pastor, first thing they want to do, well, pastor, I got some questions. I got some answers for you. You might not want them. <laughs> so let, let's, go, let's go eat first. Let's go get a burger. So let's, let's eat, and then we'll talk. Because if we talk first, you're probably not going to eat much. Right? And, and yes, we can, we can have a conversation and a dialogue. 
but I don't ever debate. I don't have to. I know the truth. No, all I want to do is, what's your story? Tell me your story. Why don't you know that God is real? What happened to you? Did you pray or something? Somebody in your family died and you prayed and they died anyway. Did that happen in your life? Who hurt you? What happened to you? Somebody violated you? Is there a dysfunction in your life that we need to talk about right now? Because I trust you, I, I, I can keep secrets. If there's something that we need to discuss, I'm here for you. We, we can talk about it. Right, saints of God? And you know what you're doing? See, right then, you transform yourself into love. Right? It ain't about what you're trying to give to them. Right? Your Bible, your word. and I'll, No, 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 no. You transform yourself into love, and that love opens the door to their heart. Right? And once you get that door open, and then you can go right in and say, look, I'm here for you, baby. What's going on in your life? I'll cry with you. I'll weep with you. You know, what happened to you was wrong. It was wrong. I don't care. It was wrong on every side. And see, then, then you, you got yourself a friend. You see how the relationship thing works? See, relationship-based. And once you get a friend, trust me, they're going to ask you about your life. Because here's what I've had people to do. I, I, I've talked to people, ministered to people on the job. They don't even know I'm ministering to them. Because I never use the name of Jesus or God or any of that. Because you don't have to. I, I'm a walking Bible, so I don't have to use Jesus or God. Right. And so so listen, I, I've, I've coached people in corporate America. And then all of a sudden uh, the tables are turned and say, do you go to church? And I go, why would you ask me if I go to church? What is it about me to make you think I go to church? You know, I get antagonistic with them. Right. And they go, well, you, man, you just it's just something about you. And I go, yeah, I go to church. I go to a little church over there in Indian Trail. <laughs> really? Really? Oh, can I come? I, I had a couple of people say, can I go? Sure, you can come on over there. Uh, you might like the pastor. He's a pretty cool guy. I know him pretty good. <laughs> and they come, and, and, and they go, oh, man, see, see, you ain't even tell me you were the pastor. <laughs> like, like that matters. Right. I'm not going to be the only one preaching. We've got preachers all over the place. I ain't going to be the one preaching all the time. I don't want to preach all the time. Amen? And so listen, saints, is that love that captures them. Is this making sense at all? I'll say, take heed. How you build. I got a whole lot more I want to share with you, but we're going to stop right there. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina. At 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.